So tell me what we gonna make That magic Tell me what we trying to take That cabbage What we trying to calculate That average If it ain't to innovate We might as well scrap it So tell me what we gonna make That magic Hello again and welcome back to Poets Return I am your host, Melissa Bowie, and we are very happy to have Cairo Spencer on today for episode six of this season. So like Carlos Mendoza, who was on an earlier episode, I was introduced to Cairo after seeing the Milk Crate Monologues, which is a 10-monologue hip-hop-style rap-infused play that was performed as an original piece back in October at Town Street Theater, which is um, has residents here at Stella Adler in Los Angeles. So Carlos was on an earlier episode. We have Cairo today, who is also a very talented member of that cast. And later in the season, we will have the director-writer and actually the person whose music you heard at the beginning and end of this episode, Phyllis Cipher, R.J. Wayne, a.k.a. Ron Johnson, or I should say Ron Johnson, a.k.a. R.J. Wayne and Phyllis Cipher. But these are all people that I feel very, very grateful to introduce you to, and I'm very excited to do so. And today, Cairo is an extremely charismatic young man. He's only 23 and came to L.A., just wanting to pursue film and has really hit the pavement doing that as well as creating his own work. And since his time in Milk Crate, has been inspired to really cultivate his writing and pursue his spoken word and beat poetry more. So today we're actually going to hear the first poem he performs, NYR Banter, is featured on his Instagram page, which he will plug at the end of the podcast, and you will see as well um, in the episode description. But on his Instagram page, he actually did a visualization of this poem. So you will hear on the episode, we did this back in December, there's a little foreshadowing where Cairo very cryptically mentions that he's got some things in the work for NYR Banter. But but only a month and a half or so later, I, I saw this posted on his Instagram. So go check it out. It's a really cool visualization of his words with some really awesome jazz music in the background. And it's just cool to see him pursuing his original art. So without any further ado, here is Cairo Isaiah Spencer. Thank you. We are here um, with Poets Return. And Cairo, I don't even know. What's your last name? Spencer. Cairo Spencer. Cairo Isaiah Spencer, to be exact. It's a strong name. Yes. Yes. Shout out to my mom and dad. <laughs> I know, it's good when you're not a kid that is angry and resentful for being named something awful, right? Well, I almost got my dad's name, which is Weiner. Ooh. Yeah. It's spelled how? W-Y-N-E-R. I kind of like that, And I would have been the third one. Weiner the third. But my mom said no. She said, we're not, we're not doing that. going to go Cairo. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Mom. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mom for real. So, Cairo, I was introduced originally um, about two months ago when I got to come see Milk Crate Monologues mm-hmm. at Town Street Theater, and you all were an amazing cast and worked so well together with the words and taking Ron's stories, bringing it to life with your own stories also in there. Truly appreciate it. Yeah, it was, it was really great, and um, because of that, it was inspiring to be able to get to know you all a little bit more by coming to the cast recording, which the cast album should be out around, I think, March, Dan and Andrew were saying. They're editing it. They, that's like February, March, they're thinking. Yeah, I think they'll probably release it later, but obviously we'll, <laughs> we'll see it before then. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but that was a really cool experience just to be a fly on the wall during that whole um, recording, seeing, seeing you all get to be in there in the studio and, and record those words. Mm-hmm. And um, also got to listen to you freestyle a little bit, just between, yeah, which was really nice. Bit, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. Just We were speaking that you grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah, so so yeah. when did you move to L.A. and all that? Yeah, I've been in L.A. for a little over a year now. I made a year in September. Nice. Um, 
granted i'm from the bay area so i've been down here a couple times so i am familiar with it um but it's been totally different being here as you know as an adult as mm -hmm. a creative uh the first the last time i was here for such a long stay was uh i was doing like an internship type thing like basically a domestic abroad program is what i would call it <laughs> the air quotes i love it yeah 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 so like i was working at bet working at like another late night show but to be here on my own, you know, working with people, doing what I like, that's, it's been the best thing ever. Well, and Cairo, tell us, how, you're very young, how old are you? I'm 23. 23? 23 in August. Shout out to all the Leos yes. out there. Yeah, hey, I love, Leos are, I'm a Libra, so Leos and Libra. Oh, Leo, yeah, we, this is why it works. We yeah. get along. There yes, you go. Absolutely. But, yeah, so how old were you, because you, so when the internship started, how old were you when you were doing that? I was a junior in Whoa, whoa, no, whoa! I was a senior in college, so I had just I had just turned twenty one. I turned twenty one when I was out here. Oh wow! Yeah. And so when you came out and you were doing those, which is so cool that you got to work with BET and late night shows, that mm -hmm. must have been an experience. Yeah, I got a chance to meet a lot of celebrities, and I've never been the person to kind of be like, "Oh my God, it's this person," right? <laughs> but there was a moment of like, "Oh, this this person's doing what I want to do in the future." Like, let me make sure I'm on my best behavior, and you know, ask them questions that I can. Uh, that was amazing, man. Who would you have someone in mind like that really stood out that you got to meet and speak to? Uh, I mean, to say I met Black Panther Chadwick Boseman was awesome. Day. Um, oh, uh, who else? Oh gosh, the names are escaping me now. There was there was a lot. But that's there, good because that means you were present in the moment. I was I was very present. Smokey Robinson gave me a hug. <laughs> there's a there's a Jane Goodall. Yeah, she was adorable. She came in with like this little like stuffed gorilla. It was oh really cute. Um, but oddly enough, Dave Crosby is probably the story that sticks out to me the most. He, I didn't know a lot about his music, where I just kind of knew he was a name. Um, and he, we were joking around about you know celebrities who have a lot of requirements in their contracts when they come on set, right? And he was he was pretending to be like, oh, there's no green skittles in my room. There's no green skittles in my room. If you guys don't give me green skittles, I'm gonna walk right out that door. And I was like, well. The door's right there. And he took three seconds and he just started busted out laughing. Oh he's like, oh man, you gotta keep that, man. That's that's perfect. The pause you took, oh, that is comedy. Just clap. <laughs> so that was that was a defining moment to be like, okay, I, I took a risk and it worked out. Yes. You know? It's nice when you're rewarded for those risks. Exactly, yeah. exactly. How cool. Yeah. Well, so did you always know you kind of wanted to come to L.A. eventually? or did Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Ever since I was in elementary school. Yes. You, there are lists in my house of, like, where I want to be in five, six years, whatever. And one of the first ones, like, says, like, oh, I'm going to UCLA, living in L.A., doing this, doing that. Didn't end up going to UCLA, but I'm here now. So. But you're here. But I'm here. Yeah. Well, and it's cool, you know, as much as it can be a, a constant hustle and a struggle being an artist in Los Angeles, it's mm -hmm. also very rewarding when... You have those triumphs to even just look in retrospect and say, I said I was going to do this and I'm doing it. Right. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. So now for Milk Crate, how did you, because you've been here for a year now. I've obviously like seen you on social media. You, you're doing the acting hustle, which mm -hmm. it looks like you would do have representation out here. No, I do not. See that, which, but you're that you're doing the right thing mm -hmm. by continually going out there and putting yourself yeah. out there. And yeah. that's the way to get represented. I keep finding myself in spaces where, especially as someone who dances as well, I find myself in auditions and spaces where everyone there has an agent mm -hmm. and they're all like oh that's why i got this through my agent through my agent i'm like i just submitted for something on la casting so and hey that's... But, you know 
do, do what you got to do. That's the way, to, but it's such an important thing right now, especially being able to, that's something that I have to work on a lot is, is the marketing and self-promoting and just getting yourself out there yeah. and taking the risks. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of confidence for sure. A lot of confidence. Does. Yeah. But that was something else that I saw in Milk Crate was that you are an amazing dancer also, that. which yeah. is great. Um, and that's just another thing to have when you have things in your wheelhouse that you can pull from, like that as a performer, I think doing pieces like Milk Crate Monologues, you'll find an opportunity for things that you forget, at least for me, forget how much you love to do, being able to bring it all into one space. Right. Which is, I think, such a powerful thing about hip-hop and using that as a platform to tell stories because it's storytelling, it's lyrics, it's music, it's dancing, it's it's getting people involved in the cypher at the beginning, mm -hmm. you know? There's so much about it that incorporates such traditional ideas of theater and live performance yeah. with this hip-hop movement and these raw words that are asking the audience to sort of participate in it. Yeah. Yeah, so Milk Crate specifically, I remember talking to you in the interview, when, was there a moment when you started doing that show that you were like, I'm a rapper, like I can do this, <laughs> or had that happened before for you, or since then, since the show's closed? I feel like it happened in phases, maybe, right, because before the show, I had written some things, but... It was more of a, as a joke, right? I'll hear him write this little rap, you know, it doesn't mean anything, whatever. Um, during the show, I find myself in the audition and it just felt natural to just kind of like rap and do these things. And I'm like, all right, I'm not worried about it. I got it. We're cool. And then after the show ends and, you know, after I've had talks with, with Phyllis Cypher and all this stuff and I'm like, and I've gone and written even more and I really look at my work and I'm like, oh, like, this is something, like, this really is something I could do. It's something that doesn't feel like I'm forcing. That's my biggest thing. It doesn't feel like I'm forcing it. It just kind of comes natural. Um, so it's kind of built up in phases. Yeah, it's which just, I love yeah. that because it's like it's, it's which I think happens for us as artists, especially as like musicians and, and performers and, and music, where it does, it kind of hits you in waves. Mm -hmm. And it's um, another cool thing that you all said is that you have these group text messages with the cast where you all send each other rhymes, you send each other things. Oh, bad raps, bad raps crew. Bad raps crew. I'm sorry. I bad raps crew. Bad raps crew. Yeah, that is that. <laughs> that you wanted the, you wanted the story behind that we were just like back just back just boys you know hanging out mm -hmm. it was me carlos uh akshay and scotty and we're just back there and like you know none of us like really rap rap for real like phil cypher does but like we're just like you know let's mess around it's like right. freestyle and i just took it as like yo let's relax like just say whatever because we all know we're not professionals so just say whatever and <laughs> it just became this thing it's like be as bad as you want be as bad as you want and actually, I think that helped us actually come up with better rhymes after that. Because when there's a sense of you don't need to be perfect, yeah. even better stuff comes out. Yeah, and it's like it's like takes you back to being a kid almost, where you can just play yes. and not judge everything. Yes, exactly. Which is you know when things can organically come out, and before you know it, you're not thinking about it, and mm -hmm. stuff just happens. Right. But I think that's so cool because it goes back to you saying like that having the realization continue to happen in phases, where it starts out with just having a place to feel like, oh, this is natural. Mm -hmm. I don't have to overthink this. And then also having people that you can share new words with. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's it's really important. Like even I had Carl when I had Carlos on on Friday, you know, he said, if you ever have raps that you just want to send to someone, whether it's two lines or whatever, like you can always send me stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to even have a per one person, let alone a crew of people that you can share stuff with and yeah. have a safe place. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything, I know I said like two to three pieces, but is there a piece right now that you would like to share that, yeah. you know, and it can be um, anything that you want, any length. You said two to three. I can definitely give you two. I can definitely give you two. Perfect. Here's one about, um, 
Cause yeah, here's here's the, you, you've caught me at an interesting time in my writing where I'm that. trying to figure out whether I'm a rapper, whether I'm a poet, or as I talked to a friend of mine who's an artist yesterday, he's like, your stuff is sounding more like spoken word at this point. Which is kind of an interesting, it's a great place to be really, too. Really, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. Because you don't have to put yourself in a box. You can be all those things. So, um, yeah, so these pieces, I feel like you're going to find that I sound rapping. You're, it seems like a poem, but it's also a word. I am saying something. So this one is like my New Year's Eve resolution banter, as I call it. And it goes like this. Our annual reflections of the previous year's dissatisfaction are done in anticipation of the next year's declaration. Will we start the plan and achieve the goals, or will we step to our habits and cuddle in our old woes? Because why change what kind of works for something that isn't comfy and might hurt? Why train in pain for negative weight gain when I can settle? Not unlike the tea kettle that hollers at the slightest touch of heat to the metal. I'm lazy. I mean, why complain? Why not stay the same? Why tell the world that you've decided to change? We could all stay sane as content plain Janes, but then where and when would the world get better? It wouldn't. It would stay the same. So take that risk. Make a dish. Then break the plate, settle down, now turn it up, and be great. Because you never know if this year's date will hold the last breath you ever take. That's why I stay up riding late, spitting bars at the fastest rate. No distractions, I'm not the fish debate, but I'm a catch like Golden Tate. I promise I'm going to live right, I'm going to live life my way. Because when my time is up, for nothing I will wait but the opening of those pearly gates. And so I say, let's undo this play. You can make time to dream at bay, but I can't promise you'll see another day. So take a trip, open your lips, and kiss that one boy or girl who almost got away. There's no one to blame, no sad songs to sing. Just go for gold and make a change for new time's sake. I love that. So That's that one, yeah. Let's talk about that one first. Yeah, go for it. Um, go for it. I love your use of imagery also. The tea kettle, the plate, mm -hmm. like um, the, the I'm not a fishy bait, like mm -hmm. that, oof. Um, yeah, yeah. And it happens so fast, but as it's happening, it's like, a, it's like film. I can see it happening. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I love your rhyme schemes. I love it when... when Poets and rappers, you, you have a word that you think they've moved on from that scheme, and then it comes back. And yeah, you yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. it's still. I've noticed that about my style. Like, Which is great. Yeah. I love that. Um, and it's almost like Shakespearean to me, because mm -hmm. it has that sort of, you have those rhymes that are very strong. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, I could totally see that being a, like, two-minute music video. Yeah. Of, like, this person on New Year's Eve. Thinking about their year behind, their year ahead. I've already, I've already got. I'm already... thinking. I'm think. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're thinking of some stuff. Don't worry. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. I think I think that would be an amazing visualization. Yeah, but I think that one's funny because I mean I'm talking about New Year's as in you know what's coming up, you know just 2020. But that one, I wrote at three different times. So I think I started that maybe, maybe in 2018. Oh, nice. Added a little more, maybe about like a couple months ago, and then very recently, like I picked up my writing a lot more, and I and I wrote like the rest of it and switched some stuff around. Well, and do you feel like since working on the show with everybody, you you've probably all been pretty inspired to write? Absolutely, um, no is, doubt about it. No I love doubt that. About it. I love when stuff kicks off like that because then you have pieces like this that could be two, three, four years old even that you come back to that you got stuck in or you thought this was finished and you realize you could bring this new life into it, but it's still the same kind of story. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so I like that it's also New Year's resolution banter. Mm -hmm. I think you should keep that title. Yeah. It's just because when I first like did it, there's just so many words going on and I was like, it doesn't feel like a song. It just feels like I'm just saying a lot of stuff and like it feels like I'm bantering about something. So 
There you yeah, go. But there's definitely still that musicality. Mm-hmm. So I see what you mean about, you know, spoken word, poetry, um, beat poetry, trying to figure out where you live. And I think the best thing to do as artists is to, you know, not try to, again, put ourselves in a box. Right, exactly. Because the piece lives as it is, mm-hmm. so we can too. Because it's like, whatever that needs to be for whoever's affected by it, mm-hmm. whether it's got a beat or it's just said, it still lives, which I love. Um, yeah. And I just, again, I love artists that use that imagery because it's just, it takes you, it takes you on a roller coaster with them. So when you write, Cairo, do you typically, because I, li- I like how in that you also said, you know, I'm up late. Do you have a practice with writing? Like, because some writers will force themselves every morning they have to write or every night they write. Do you have something where it's like that or is it sort of stream of consciousness where you might just get a thought, you have to pull the car over, you have to start writing? How does your kind of inspiration work process-wise? I think one of the reasons why I love this whole writing thing that I'm getting into is because it doesn't ever feel forced. So I don't force myself to wake up and say, I have to write something. I tried doing that at the beginning of this year, but it just, it didn't, I just got tired of it, right? It has to be natural. Um, A lot of the stuff, when I first really started writing, I was inspired by a very good friend of mine, very good female friend of mine. Um, She's in New York at the moment. But a lot of us, yeah, a lot of my stuff, like, you know, it was stuff that would happen between us and just like, I was like, how do I, how do I explain this? And I would write about it and I was like, oh, I could turn this into a poem, yada, yada. So a lot of stuff comes from experiences, you know, dealing with that. Um, but lately it's just, I could be thinking about anything, anything that happens during the day. And I might think like, how can I put that into two lines? And I have like, you know, a couple pages on my phone that are just, it's just random couplets, just oh, random yeah. couplets of stuff. And so if I can't, if I don't have the time to write it right there, or, I, or it's not fully coming to me, I'll just... Do the random couplet, and then if I have time later on in the day, like I'll go back and I'll read. Ev- I read everything that I have multiple times during a week, like just to see if I have anything new to add. And so I'll go back to that couplet and be like, "Oh, okay, this goes right here. I can rhyme this with that." Da 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 da, and then it just starts sprawling. Yeah. But I love when when you have multiple muses, whether it's a relationship with someone, a person that inspires you, whether mm-hmm. it's just you're in an inspired phase and it could be looking at a tree, hearing a song, just thinking a thought. Um I always feel like there's those times in our lives where the muses are everywhere and it's like you want to you want to chase that for as yes. long as you can. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Um but that's how I am too. I tried for a long time to try to discipline myself and and get up and write, but I would find that I was writing anyway when it was hitting me. So exactly, why yeah. Force I just said it? like let it let let it come to me, man. Yeah, let it come to me. I like that. So what's the second piece you would like? The to second see? one. Oh, let's get a little. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I got three. Yeah. Let's the second one. Let's get a, let's get a little more personal with this one. Yes. Let's and get you a little can more personal. Give as much backstory or as little as you want. Also. Hey, man. This is this is. I wrote this one back in. I guess by the time you guys hear this in January of last year. So okay. this is early 2019. Um, about that same girl. We're all good though. Call this BFFs. Um, I wonder why you're so addicting. Is it because you love me first or is there a deeper meaning to us existing? Because I've crushed on plenty but never really got attached. Always been picky but you checked boxes I didn't know I had. And we've taken some breaks because you didn't want to make the other mad. But here we are again like hype beasts and 90s fads. So tell me what it is with us and this love. Can I call it that? That word gets thrown around so maybe we have a different pact. One that gets bent and pushed by the doubts and our worries, but never gets broken, stretched, and always growing. To be honest, I seldom see us ever letting go, but your logic says another will enter the fold. But we've seen this before. You know how our story flows. I got a hunch you'll be around forever, but as a lover or a friend, who knows? Who says it can't be both? I re- that hit me so hard. Like, you check boxes off I never knew I had. Um, 
Because that's, to- and that's totally like that unpredictable love when it hits you and you're like, what is happening? Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And you capture that in those words. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love that. That's another one that I, I see it as beautifully visualized. I can totally see like two people. And I think it's also one of those things where so many people have that limbo with someone where you could see such a future with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but what I get from that is some, sometimes people have their rules. They're like, they don't believe that, that you can end up with one person or, or mm-hmm. people have so many things that happen to them in their lives and relationships that jade us and make us cynical or whatever. But there's still like that element of hope there. Oh yeah. And like that kind of curiosity of like, I don't know what this is going to be, but I know whatever it is, I want you in my life. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I like, it's called BFFs. Yeah, that's the title that's on there right now. I actually, and I think I might leave it. I really like that. I might leave because it. there's also something in it about I almost see like you know those kids on the playground mm-hmm. that grow up together and uh, fall. It's like the, you're you're so in love, and sometimes we don't even notice the people that we're so in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like that it's BFFs because it has that sort of translation where two people that can carry on through all the times in their life. Mm-hmm. It's timeless. Yeah, yeah, I. I find it very difficult sometimes, like, I had someone this, this last year, I went to the Something in the Water Music Festival in, a- Festival in April, and I got to hear all these artists, these amazing artists speak, people that have influenced me for years, I mean, even, like, Timbaland got up on stage, and, like, hearing him talk, just casually, I'm to say, yeah. it was just surreal. It's weird, it's like, your beat. Like, your I was beat like, what's going on? Um, but, because, <laughs> But I was really inspired just by, I think, just being in the energy around all those artists and hearing them speak about their their backgrounds and their process and their artistic careers. And so many things that came out of me when I came back home, I couldn't stop writing. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because listening to that, there was a person in my life, who's still in my life, that I... And I don't know if this is your experience with this person, where you you fight and you fight and you fight because you want to, you almost want that person to be in this box because you want them to be yours, and then you mm-hmm. finally have to kind of surrender and be like, I can't control you, I can't control this relationships, but I do know, like you're saying, mm-hmm. I want you in my life, so whatever it is, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. And you seem like you're in a peaceful place. Oh, it. we're good. We yeah. talk. We talk all the time. That's great. But you know, long distance is a. Yeah, not Ain't, it's not the thing. It's not the thing. So the if thing. it happens, it happens. But we'll see. Well, as as in you know an actor, a dancer, a writer. So doing all of these things, uh, how hard is it for you to keep like a discipline in terms of how are you at balancing all of the things? Because for me, as an actor, a writer, a producer, doing music, doing all this stuff, do you ever feel like is there something that you kind of will give up or like something that you don't hold as important or are they all kind of equal in your it's funny you bring that up i so dancing was the very first thing i ever fell in love with when it comes to art right that's the thing that got me into musical theater that's the thing that i was known for in high school like that has been always like my thing right and then i get out to la i start working and i find that i'm not dancing i'm not going to class like i'm not even when i go out i'm not really freestyling or whatever so, and I tried to come back this year. I tried to get into classes, but again, like I, acting took over over the summer. I was so busy and, you know, you know, I had to pay for classes and stuff. So it's weird. D- dancing has been the thing that's kind of fallen back a little bit. Um, I'm a little stressed out about it only because that's something so centered to me. But then again, I have to think about it as 
dancing is not something I need to do professionally. Mm -hmm. It's just that if I hear a song or I have an idea in my head, I have to be able to do it in in that moment. So there are things that I like doing that have fallen off a little bit, but um, there's a lot of stuff I can do. So I just got to remember to when one thing kind of falls off, check back in with the others. Yes, that's important. Yeah. yeah, and I think, but I think that's a huge point too that you were saying. It's almost like sometimes I feel that same way about dance. Like I feel like it's like a loyal friend that I know will always be there. Right, right. So, and I know spiritually, it's something I'm always gonna have to do, whether it's getting home at two in the morning, putting my headphones on, and just like dancing around my apartment. And exactly. Just whatever exactly. it is, and that expression. But I, I love how aware you are of that, though, because yeah. it's very hard for us not to also be hard on ourselves and get in our own way. Yeah. That's one of my biggest struggles is it, we get down and then we're not productive because we're wasting time being down and, and yeah. hard on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but again, let's take it back. But that was another cool thing that I love about Milk Crate and about hip hop in general as an art form and a platform to tell stories because you can incorporate so many things that to me are very spiritual mm-hmm. and um, just moving. Mm-hmm. Like when I walked in and saw you guys with that cipher, I knew that the reason it was in a cipher and in a half moon was because we could get up and do something. Oh, yeah. But I was... It was like, no, they're on stage and I'm in the audience. Yeah, I'm no, safe. Come up. We love that. We love that. <laughs> I'm safe back here. But um but yeah, I, I think that's great though that you that you continue to have all these passions because again, especially in this day and age as a performer, it's like I, I might as well start learning how to juggle and like do you know, like because yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, people these days can do it, you have to be good at everything. So yeah. Yeah. um so yeah. I also would love to ask you what if you were to like Give Cairo five years ago, like any piece of advice as a writer, because I know you were saying that your passion and just your journey has really kind of grown really fast and yes. has like been catalyzed really yes, quickly. Yes, extremely. So, you know, do you think 18 year old Cairo would have believed you if you said, like, writing is going to become a huge part of your passion and your art form? <laughs> like, yes and no. Coming out of high school, I hated writing. Oh. I did not like doing essays and any of that stuff was i good at it yeah but i didn't like doing it it was was a chore it was yeah when it came to doing a persuasive essay like yes i can write something so fantastic that you'll believe what i say but i'm not enjoying writing an eight page essay right and they do not make it fun either like i know like all that mla ama i was like i don't care apa yeah um okay so which i love because that's kind of an that's an exciting thing yeah to have this journey kind of because obviously this was always in you you're the same Cairo right and like you were just saying even educationally you're a good writer yeah absolutely um so that's got to be pretty exciting is it ever been like I'm sure it's kind of scary sometimes too if you're ever like now that I know I can do this I now I have a responsibility now I have to do it (laughs) right it's funny because when I got into college my fresh my freshman year it was was a really quick quick turnaround like by the left high school and I was like I don't really like writing Got to freshman year, oh, I can do it, so I'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of African American studies classes because that ended up being my minor. Turned him essay, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fine, right? My pr- professor Simpson hands me back the paper, and it's just full of red marks. I had a knack for just, like, my grammar wasn't together, all this, all this stuff. So that stressed me out. I'm like, I'm a good writer. What is up with this? Right. But I got it together. You know, eventually those red marks went down. Um, she ended up passing away maybe about halfway through my college career. Oh, man. Uh, but my senior year, they, they had an award named after her, and they gave it to me. They gave it to me because they said you started, like, I mean, you were a good writer, but 
you went from someone who had a bunch of red marks to being one of the top writers coming out of this department. Oh my gosh. So I have to, yeah, she, she meant a lot of me. Little, little old white ladies teaching African American history. Doesn't make any sense, but she was <laughs> on top of it, man. She meant a lot. She I love, lot. isn't it nice when you actually have a teacher that, that really furthers you along? And, and that was also good for you because you could have easily been like, no, screw you, I'm going to, whatever. Right, she yeah. she learned and you took what she said and you grew as a writer. Yeah, and I learned to love, love those classes, love the writing and, did, did my best to take everything she told me and expand that. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and I think that's meaningful, too. Like, talk, going back to talking about how, what are we? Am I an essayist? Am I a short story writer? Am I a poet? Uh-huh. Am I a rapper? And yeah. uh, that's why I'll start, I just start calling people wordsmiths. I'm like, I know which people in my life are a wordsmith and who's not. You know? It's funny, it's funny you say that. <laughs> because when I tried out for Milk Crate, they handed us a clipboard. Um, and it was like, you know, your name, like the time you got in, whatever. And there was a little box that said... Like, what role you're auditioning for. And the options were, like, poet, lyricist, singer, rapper, wordsmith. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm rapping today, but I don't really consider myself a rapper. I don't consider myself this or that. And I literally just put all of the above. And when I walked into the audition, they read it. They were like, all, all of the above? And I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm just going to do my thing. So, like, just, just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Don't put me in a box. That's a literal box. Don't put me in a literal box. But yep. it's, it's also funny because when I was um, when I was talking to RJ about, I met up with him a couple weeks ago because I needed some guidance on my art. And I was asking him, you know, like, who do you remind me of? Like, you know, what should I be looking to? Yada, da, da. And even during the rehearsal process, he said, the first person you remind me of is an artist named Wordsmith. And his rapping up. style is very similar to mine. Like, the rhyming schemes, just saying the craziest stuff, but making it work. Um, another guy named Pigeon John, who's also a lot like that. So when you said wordsmith, I was like, see? Yeah, see, it all on, connects. I'm on the, right, on, on the right track. You are, you are. Well, and that's, it's again, it's hard, especially because today, even like with social media, you know, you got to check all the boxes. What am I? I'm a writer. I'm a poet. I got to put this on my profile. It's like I was just looking at that, and I was like, it says actor, but then I also have dancer and writer there. But I'm like, writer, Kyle, you don't write stories. Like, what do you write? And I was, and then there's that same thing again of like, what? Box. Although these are definitely stories. These are stories. You know? See, it's, it's, there's always a way to flip it. There's always a way to flip well, it. Well, I think, you know, if you really wanted to get all, like, Socrates and tie it up, like, break it all down, Aristotle's right. poetics, yeah. we're all storytellers. Yeah, Dance, exactly. Our every single piece, yeah. all it is since we've been writing things on cave walls has just been people telling stories. I think my email signature actually says storyteller on it. I love that. So maybe I'll just keep that. I like that. So for your third piece, because I know you said you think you have three. um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I like these. It's cool because I like these two. These first two are very different, but I I really can start to hear your style. And I totally see what RJ means about, you know, the wordsmith. I think that's totally inaccurate. Do I want to read this one? That's when you should read it. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is the first like the first rap I ever wrote. Oh, that's exciting. I wrote this like so like two two years ago. This was also the rap that I used to audition for Milk Crate with. I'm intrigued. So and I, I wanna say this one was written because my friend is a rap was a rapper. Um, and he was joking I'm like, I gotta do this, gotta do that and I'm like, Bro, I could probably write something, right? And so while I was walking my dog, I literally wrote this. So <laughs> let's go let's go with it. Um, no title, just intro to rap. Uh, young black scholar, that's what the papers don't say. Leave the real truth out. Whites rewriting history. They be laying traps, but I refuse to slip. Black fists raise high with a diploma at the hip. 
But pause, wait, I forgot my manners. New kid on the block, but I ain't no scammer. A little country twang, but I ain't from Bama. Born urban in the bay, but never been no banger. Fits so tight, I like to say I'm dapper. Talk so smooth, you can bet I cross kappa. Always on the move, you would think I'm a trapper. I'm just doing y'all a favor, I ain't even a rapper. I'm just rolling with the motion, the ocean, I think I fit in. Tight with the bros like Lilo and Stitches. I'm the new wave of conscious beats, lyrics, and hits, man. I'll see you in a few when I'm getting rich off of scripts, man. Peace. Yeah. I can totally, I can hear that, like, in somebody's car driving down Vineland right now. That'd um, that's pretty dope. dope. And I, I'm sure that must have been pretty liberating and fun to get up for the audition and be able to, you know, do Yeah, that. I rehearsed <laughs> that a couple times. But it was weird because it was, like, acapella. I don't really like doing stuff to beats. So what I did was, I think this really confused them, too, because I didn't tell them what I was really auditioning for. But I, like, sang going into it to get myself into, like, a beat. And they were all just like, huh, what's he going to do now? And then and then I just came out of nowhere with this. And they were all like, oh, okay, dope. Yeah, man. RJ like pulled me aside. He's like, got so much soul, bro. Tell me what you think about hip hop, this and that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And it just. But I, I love it because you have the beats in there already. Like you right. can hear it so yeah. much that it's like, it's. I'm the same way. I get thrown off. Carlos actually actually shared this playlist with me on Spotify that's been helpful. That's just the lo-fi beats like to just put on to like practice yeah. freestyling. Because that's yeah. the thing for me is I, I, so much of my stuff has a beat inherently in it. But then if somebody's like, let me beatbox for you, I'm like, whoa, ah, hold on a second. Like, don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. I don't want that. Stop beatboxing. And that's something I found with working with RJ too. He was, you know, because he's a producer as well and you're trying to put a beat together and I didn't, I had some stuff already written and I was trying to wrap it over the beat. I'm like, I got too many words and I don't have a specific meter. I can't do it over that. So we made one that was the very lo-fi, very jazzy, very me. And I was able to riff and Just move around. Riff. Yeah. Which is, I love because even hearing him beatbox, I'm like, damn, Oh, he's ridiculous. And I thought I was good. I used to beatbox in high school, like when our improv group would get together. I was like, no, I'm not going to rap, but I'll just beatbox for you guys, right? <laughs> but yo, he, yeah, nah. Looks like, how, like, how are those, all those sounds coming out at the same I time? I That's, don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. He does like seven at a time. Don't understand. I don't get it. Well, for this episode, um, before, you know, before I let you go, uh, is there, in the next, you know, in the next six months, because I've been telling this to myself, too. Is there a challenge that you want to put forth for yourself in terms of continuing to write? or do Because I know you said you're not going to force anything. Mm-hmm. I don't mean force anything, but in terms of now getting more comfortable and just more inspired and confident in writing, do you see some concrete goals for yourself as, as a writer? Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of my stuff, again, is in 16 bars, 32 bars, a poem. I do want to try to stretch them a little bit and make it more of a song because if i were to put something out i wouldn't necessarily just put out a poem because it probably won't go as far and if you're trying to put something on spotify like i don't know if anyone's really listening to poems on there but um i want to stretch it out and turn it into a song because like again that is something that's a part of my ability being someone who's been doing musicals and stuff for a long time so stretch the writing a little bit see if i can turn it into a real piece with music behind it um and just kind of see how that feels. If I feel like that's something I can do, I want to keep doing, then maybe I'll put music out. We don't know. Yeah, we'll I see. love that. I think that's beautiful. We'll that's see. and that really boiling it all down. That's you. You know, you want to continue to grow your stories, tell your stories, and yeah, man. When you have that musical ability inside you, it's kind of impossible. Like for me, I'll put on music and stuff and start if I have a, if I'm rapping or whatever. The music just comes with it. You know, a lot right? Of time yeah, it just yeah. Kind of comes with it, and. Yeah. Um, so I love that, and I think that's a great thing to pursue and continue. And 
obviously we're going to be releasing the Milk Crate episode and all that stuff about the same time as the cast album's released mm -hmm. to kind of promote all of those things simultaneously. Right. And eventually, which I always say, you know, I call it my pie-in-the-sky dream, mm -hmm. but my pie-in-the-sky dream is to do a full documentary on Milk Crate, you know, like Beyonce's Homecoming, and be oh. able to have the behind-the-scenes, see the struggle, see the family, see the inspiration, see the doubt, see the triumph, all that, because I think... That'd be dope. You know, and I, I just think that it's a... People need this right now more than ever because people need the truth. People, I think, are getting really tired of the same crap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm not saying, like, I don't think I don't think there's a place for those artists in hip-hop. I'm not hating on the rappers that do this, you know, whatever. It's fun to listen to. It's got a good beat, whatever. But I do think that people are a little hungry for more. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Cairo Spencer, for coming on. Do you want to go ahead and really quick quick plug your Insta, any Twitter, any oh, social yeah, media yeah. you want? Find, find me on Instagram. That's where I really be popping at. Mm -hmm. um, follow me at, at the eloquent 8 That's spelled T-H-E, and then a second E, L-O-K-U-E-N-T with a number 8. So the eloquent, spelled with not a Q, but a K, and then the number 8. I love it. I also love that that's your handle. When you told me that, I was like, that, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Good stuff. All right, well, we will see you again, Cairo, and thank you again for coming on. It has been awesome getting to pick your brain. Thanks for having me. This has been a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. You guys are all, it's like, like I said, people are always like, what is it going to be? So it's basically you sitting there and talking to me about yeah. writing. Yeah, and I didn't even notice the, like, you made it very seamless, too, because we had already been talking, and you're like, so, Cairo, now let's talk about I this. And I was like, oh, that was the I switch. Like, turn around, that was like, wearing glasses and, like, a scarf. <laughs> That was the interview switch. I was like, okay. I yeah. certainly have my news anchor voice. Yeah. Like, so here we are. So tell me, tell me. You're like flashbacks to late night. Yeah. <laughs>